to episode one of Podcast the Creative. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's taken me a while to like get this far. Um, my guest is eating right now, so you might hear some plates clinking in the background. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, obviously if you're relatively new, my name is Casey Jones. Um, I'm a photographer, uh, electronic musician, like all around kind of um, creative person interested in learning more about creativity. So um, I have a guest on today who I'm interviewing, uh, somebody that I've known for almost my whole life, but only because she's like a year and a half younger than me. Uh, <laughs> my sister, Kelly. Uh, so Kelly, go ahead and uh, like kind of give us an introduction as to like what it is you do, just kind of, you know, where your life is at in this moment. And if you want to give like a lead up to how you got here. Yeah, um, I am at school right now, um, physically and <laughs> at the stage in my life. Um, I go to um, college in Wisconsin, and my major is digital cinema and media, which is kind of a um, combination of mostly film, but also um, there's some aspects of theater. So I've taken a lot of theater classes, um, a lot of um, just things about like stage design and script writing, screenwriting. Um, and then there's also um, a couple courses mixed in there um, that have to do with more with broadly with communication. Um, so I've taken some public relations classes, some stuff like that, um, and then also um, like business marketing. Um, so that's kind of the field that I'm at right now. Um, outside of that, I do archery. Um, I am minoring in sport and exercise science to be a coach. Um, so I've taken a lot of kind of leadership and athletics classes. Um, and then some more specific ones on like sport, sport nutrition, exercise physiology, um, all those things. Nice. So um, let's jump into like your film and you said, what was it again? Film and media? Me yeah, media, uh, digital cinema and media. Right, right. So let's jump into that a little bit just because that's like a stereotypically creative field. Um, I think just because creative things tend to be associated with like artistic things um it's kind of a good jumping point so like what interested you in getting into that field um well I really liked uh watching movies um and I've always been like a really big admirer of other people's art um I don't have like a lot of artistic ability myself um I'm not good at drawing not good at painting none of that stuff um but I figured this was probably one one way that I could kind of get my hands into the creative process because there's so many so many different ways, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, um, that you can be creative without having to draw or paint or anything like that. Right, um, right. But it was it was something that you know I can hold a camera, I can kind of position people where I want them, I can work with my actors, I can write um, I can write scripts and stuff like that. So um, it, it really appealed to me as something that I can do as someone who's not like traditionally artistic, but still um, be creative with that process. Right, well, and like obviously, cause I'm your brother, I know that you've got a bit of a, a background in writing. Um, mm -hmm. So is like storyboarding for you something that's like pretty, pretty interesting in the film world, just because that's a huge part of creating a film. I actually hate storyboarding, which is <laughs> interesting, but I I love writing the script because like you said, I'm, I have a background with writing. I really love writing. Um, but the the transition between the words and then like the image for me is a little bit difficult 
So um, like I've tried doing both ways and when I storyboard it, I just can't figure out what exactly I want it to look like. But usually when I get to the set, I'm like, okay, I know that these are the shots I want. I give myself kind of a rough outline. Like I want a wide shot here or I want a close up here. Um, So I have like my shot list. But once I get there, I'm like, okay, I want to be able to see like, you know, his shoulders and then like this part. But I also want to see like this thing that's in the background over there. So I kind of improvise on spot a little bit. um, But I also do I do make a shot list before I come in. Right. Well, I think that gives you, like, good creative flexibility to say, hey, here's kind of the general direction so you're not wasting time, but also, like, allowing yourself creative freedom to, you know, express yourself in the moment if you find right. something more interesting. Right, and my so, idea behind that, too, is, like, just having, like, some kind of plan going in helps you be, you know, more successful, um, a little bit more efficient with your time, but, like, still allowing for some spontaneity there. Right, okay, so so here's an interesting thought, because I've been thinking about this a lot recently, um, organization in relationship to creativity, because the more or the longer that I'm alive, the more I realize that I think being organized is a huge catalyst to being more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you think about that? I would agree. Um, I think that a lot of people, because of the nature of like inspiration, for lack of a better word, um, I think that a lot of people when they do get inspired, it's usually like this, you know, gun that just kind of hits you out of nowhere. And then you're like, just go, go, go. Um, and that doesn't really allow for any kind of like planning or like organization or anything. You usually just kind of like, you know, if you're a writer, you just kind of vomit on your page and then you're like, I'll clean it up later because it's just like right. hitting you. Um, <laughs> but that's not like I've we've talked about this a ton in a lot of my theater classes. Um, that's not what makes, um, you know, artistic people, creative people able to do their work every day. If people only relied on inspiration they would get nowhere because they'd you know it's like the one hit wonder band like okay we have one good hit and then like that's it right and so the ability to sit down and have like the process laid out have the organization have the planning kind of allows you to um get through those times where you aren't necessarily inspired or like even if you're having like you know writer's block it's like okay I can still do this because I know like how to do it and it might not be my best work ever but I'm going to do the work because I need to do the work yeah that's funny that you brought that up because I was going to ask you about uh, writer's block, because I know a lot of people think it's a myth. Um, at least a lot of people in like creative industries think that it's a myth. People outside of the more artistic realm tend to be like, oh, you know, like, you know, I sit down to paint, but I can't think of what I'm going to paint. People who have been like putting time and effort into something more artistic have understood, I think, that like in order to create longevity in that career, you have to just keep pushing through. So exactly. it's kind of an interesting an interesting idea to hear that you know there's like two different sides to it but yeah I mean it's like going to work out right like there are some days you're gonna wake up you're gonna be like I don't want to work out I can't go in there right now like that I don't have any energy and it's like okay but you still go do your workout it might not be the best workout ever but you're gonna go do it and it's gonna make you better in the long run right well I think there's something to be said about like just showing up right like you Mm -hmm. show up you do the work regardless of how good or bad it is and you just crank it out do you notice how uh, many references we're making to that book right now? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you wanna you wanna like talk about that book a little bit? Yeah, what's it's Eric? What's his name? Um, I'm gonna look it up right now because it's an amazing book. There's a second one, but I haven't read it yet. Um, but I believe it's titled "Do the Work." Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's by oh Stephen, sorry Stephen Pressfield. Um, it's it's an incredible book. He just kind of walks through. Um, oh no that is the second one I haven't read it I read the war of art that's the first one the war of art is like 
basically about kind of everything we've been talking about, how to struggle through those times where you don't feel like you are able to, you know, for lack of a better word, perform at your best creatively um, and how to make sure that you're showing up every day, even when you're not inspired. So, right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's pretty smart and obviously like both of those books being from the same writer, they're kind of along the same tangent. Yeah. Um, so back to the organizational thing, just with this whole, um, you know, talking about writer's block, do you have any organizational tricks or like methods that you follow um, so that if you are in a, you know, kind of a writer's block mode, you can still crank through, or if you have inspiration, like it allows you to get things onto like a page quicker, just out of your head. Um, I think the thing that I do the most, which I don't know if it's necessarily falls into that category, but um, what I try to do is if I have no ideas for something and I know I need to write something, I'll usually try to come up with like a theme or like some kind of overarching idea that I want to like kind of like try to hit. And then that's kind of where I start and where I go from. So like, you know, if my theme is like uh, places that I've been to that like blew my mind and then I'll be like, okay, so now I have somewhere to work off of and I can write about, oh, that one time I was in Italy, like blah, blah, blah happened. And then I can kind of go into that and just having, I think the biggest thing for writer block in general, I don't know if it's just for me, but um, in general, I think that the biggest thing is getting people to just start writing about anything. Like even right. if it's like super boring, like write about your dinner plate, like what's on your dinner plate. Like as soon as you kind of get going, cause I think the biggest thing is like that fear of the blank page. Like you look at it and you're like, I don't know what to write. And it's like, just write mm-hmm. anything. And then from there you can go and get better. Like it doesn't matter. You just need to get the words out. Right. Um, so, so jumping off of that kind of fear of the blank page idea, do you find that you will, kind of give yourself constraints in order to make yourself more creative. Um, Cause that's something that I've noticed with music where, you know, you open up a new project and it's like, I'm in electronic music. So basically any sound ever is kind of fair game for me. It's not like I've got, you know, four instruments that I'm working with. Um, so that tends to be a bit overwhelming, but if I can throw in like, okay, I'm going to give myself constraints where, you know, I'm going to use these samples and I have to make it in this style, then it kind of starts making my brain work in a way that like fuels more creative results than if I just kind of like start from nothing and go from there. Do you have anything like that or you like create constraints? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me as someone who writes is as a writer um, is like your, like the voice I choose to use. Cause that's something that I choose from the very first word I put on my page. And that's going to be the same throughout the, the entire document, whatever it happens to be. So like if I'm writing as like, you know, in first person, then it's going to usually be a lot more like I can kind of throw like abstract ideas around. I can kind of um, talk a little bit more poetically about things just because I feel like I have that free reign. Whereas if it's like third person, it's usually a little bit more like action based, a little bit more concrete. Usually I try to put like characters in or something where it's like I'm talking about them and what they're doing, what they're saying, like um, the flow of the story is going to be a little bit different. And then sometimes it's you know, like, is this going to be a story or is this just going to be like, you know, a couple pages about some idea I have? Like, sometimes I don't even write like a plot line. It's just kind of, you know. Yeah. So. Right. Huh. That's pretty interesting. I, I love kind of just seeing like the processes that people employ to, you know, get more creative. I think that's yeah. super inspiring. So going off of uh, something that we were talking about before uh, we started recording, um, you said that you were really excited to talk about creativity and archery. And 
Um, just like real quick, give kind of a brief background of like where you're at in archery for people that don't know you. Um, <laughs> for people that don't know me, um, I've been doing archery since I was 12. Um, I took a couple breaks here and there, um, but for the past, I don't know, like two years or so, um, I've been well, I've been competing for like a little while, but it was usually like just kind of small, fun competitions. And then for the past two years or so, I've been competing nationally. Um, I am a coach and I've been coaching for about four years now, um, kind of on and off because I'm not able to coach when I'm at school. But um, every time I come home, I coach and I also work as a mechanic in a shop um, and I have competed um, at a couple um, I competed at the Olympic trials event this year, um, qualified for that. So that was fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, um, so creativity and archery, like, I think it's, it's a, I think one of the main reasons why I wanted to make this podcast is to kind of show the ability for everyone to be creative and that creativity permeates through things that are more normal day than a lot of people think you know a lot of people put creativity in this box of like oh i'm not a photographer i'm not a musician i'm not a writer i'm not creative yeah. um so i love well and growing up playing hockey like i can kind of see the ways that hockey was very creative um i'm very curious about archery though because being that it's a one-person sport like hockey for me was creative because you can work with your teammates in interesting ways like you know you can run plays and stuff that are a bit out of the box um so how how is archery creative as a solo sport um I think a big part of it has to do with like the individuality of it um like you said it's not a team sport so that makes it a little bit like there there's less of an interpersonal aspect from the from the athlete's point um but it's still something that like um I talked to my coach about this a lot you kind of um, have to tap into like the art piece of um, of archery because as much as it, there's like all of the mechanical and all of the very structured like these are my steps that I go through when I shoot there's also a very um, artistic element to it and that you really get to make it your own um, and that's something that we like preach about relentlessly um, where I coach is that everyone's body is different everyone's way of doing things is different their structure is different like their equipment setup is going to be different from the next person. So you have to find what works for them and what works for them might not be the same as everybody else. So, um, you know, there's like a couple things that like people kind of say, this is pretty much universally like the best way to shoot. You need to do these things. Um, but outside of those uh, few parameters, it's pretty much like what feels good to you, what is um, going to make you do your best. And, one of the things that we say a lot too is that because you're trying to do the same motion over and over and over and make it consistent, um, you want it to be repeatable. And then if it's comfortable, it's going to be repeatable. Cause if it's right. like, if it's uncomfortable, you're not going to be able to do it the same way over and over. So like, you know, some people, um, shout out to Sean Vincent. He <laughs> is one of our shooters in Washington and he's got this huge slouch going on. So when he pulls back, he like slouches way over and we all make fun of him for it, but he's like one of the best shooters in the state. And he just made team USA this year. So congrats, John. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, that's one of our things is like, if it works for you, then do it. And you get to kind of have some freedom with um, what you want your shot to feel like. And it's a lot of personal preference. Right. Well, I think that's a like a super interesting topic 
of discussion because a lot of people want to emulate like what successful people do. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't realize that it has to be in context of like who they are and what works for them. Right. Like you see, like, this is an an easy example for me because I know baseball, but every once in a while you see a guy with like a super weird batting stance and he does really well. And it's like, you can't emulate that because it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for him. So he does it right. Like you're not going to look at that guy and go, Oh, maybe I need to, you know, swing the bat like he does. Like, that's not going to make any sense. Or like what yeah. you're saying, you know, like not everybody's going to slouch because that doesn't make practical sense for most people. But if you're like going through a process and you start to realize like, hey, this is actually super comfortable for me. I'm able to get better results consistently from doing this. Even if other people aren't doing it, like, you know, you sh- probably shouldn't worry about that too much. Yeah. So, um. So in terms of, like, I know archery is, like, you guys have teams, right? Yes. Is there any sort of creativity that plays, like, in the team aspect? Um, as far as that goes, a lot of it has to do with practice, because um, that's where the team aspect comes in. There isn't really much of a team aspect in competition unless you're doing um, certain team rounds, which I actually, I did my first team round this summer at the um, at Outdoor Nationals. It was a mixed team event, which is one guy and one girl. And you have to shoot, um, I think it was two, no. Yeah, it was It was four arrows per end. So you each shoot two. And so, you know, there's like so many different ways you can do that. So some people will have one person go and then switch and then switch and then switch. Um, but you're on a clock and it's a really, really tight clock. And so I was like, I don't want to be switching because I want to like use as little right. time as possible. Right. So, you know, it's like, do I go first? Do you go first? And it was a lot of fun because I, you know, I just, I went first and I'd shoot and I'd get off the line as fast as I can. And um, it was a lot of just kind of like being able to know your teammate and know like what they're going to do. And there was a little bit of like, um, like a trust element too. Like you had to like, if you screwed up, you just kind of shrug it off because you have to go so quickly and you know, like your teammates not going to hold it against you, but you also have to trust that they're going to keep up their end too. So it was a lot of just kind of like, you know, especially for archery as an individual sport, like I'm shooting every arrow that gets scored. As soon as you step into the team aspect, it's more of the, you know, traditional like baseball, basketball, like I'm going to trust that my teammates are going to be there to hold up like whatever we have to do. Right. So. So that brings up an interesting point, just like the, the talk about practice and, um, like with you talking about, you know, shooting quickly so that you can just like, you know, make it happen, get it done, get your teammate out there because you're on a short deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, it brought to mind, there's like a lot of talk about, you know, quantity over quality. And I think yeah. something in sports and especially something in archery that's like really prevalent is like you shoot a ton of arrows every day and you don't necessarily worry about like all of them being tens right yeah so like like what's your process for that because I kind of want to dive into this a little bit so that's where um you as an archer I kind of look at um different kinds of goals that I set for myself and so like the you know when you (laughs) I'm I'm trying to say this without like phrasing this wrong um because I was going to say when you work out it's a little bit different but it's it's similar but it, it is different um But when you work out, you know, you want to have good form when you do, I don't know, whatever, a squat, right? Right. So you want to make sure you have good form, you're not injuring yourself, um, and you're using the proper muscles in the proper way. Um, 
And that usually translates to a good looking squat. Um, with shooting, with archery, you can have a shot that feels great, everything feels right on point, and your arrow is going to go up in the five, and you're not going to know why all the time. Like, usually you can kind of figure out why, but sometimes you don't know. Um, so that's where, like, you know, there's score goals, and then there's, like, performance goals. And so performance goals for me um, are, like, you know, I'm going to shoot. It's It's based on, like, Performance goals is a bad bad example because those can be outcome based. Anyway, <laughs> um, score goals or like training goals. So for me, a training goal would be like I'm gonna shoot, you know, 200 arrows today, and 80% of them are gonna feel good. And so when I shoot and I'm like that felt really good, mark that one down. That was a good one. And so you know I try to get to my goal of like how it feels qu- uh, quality wise, and that's like pretty much the only thing I focus on because I don't think that you can shoot well and train at a high level if you're always focused on the the score like as much as like you know a good shot hopefully is going to be in the 10 but if you can't get over those ones where it's like that was in the seven you know either i did something wrong so fix it or there was some kind of other element that happened and sometimes like you know the wind will blow it or whatever happens Um, you have to be able to like analyze it quickly and move on because you're not focused on like putting you are you're focused on putting every arrow in the tent but like if that's the only thing you're worried about then you're not going to be paying attention to all the stuff you can do back here to make it show up on the target yeah that's a that's an interesting point because like like i know a lot of people say like if you produce a a large quantity of things your quality will grow quickly Mm -hmm. um i've never thought about it from the point of view of like focus on the quantity because then you'll understand better what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, like a very interesting idea. Yeah. And I and, mean, like, like I was going to say, like when you're lifting, it's always like, you know, my lifting coach told me like every single day, quality over quantity, quality over quantity. And it's like, yeah, you want it to feel good, but the quantity is what makes you able to recognize that, that quality. Like you were saying, like, you know, Michael Phelps, infamous, never takes a day off. Like, if you don't do whatever you're doing enough, you're not going to be able to recognize the quality. You're not going to be able to know what you need to do to get there. And you're not going to have the skills ingrained in yourself to be able to, like, perform that quality. Right, right. Well, and yeah, I mean, especially with somebody like that, right? Like, you're automatically going to be ahead of the competition just by virtue of like you doing it every day or, you know, more than the next guy. Like you're going to learn quicker. You're going to understand whatever it is you're doing better. Yeah. Um. So. Well, and that's the funny part too, about like people be like, wow, you're so good at archery. How are you so good? And I'm like, it's not hard. I just do it for like four <laughs> hours a day. So, you know, after a while it's like I either I'm going to be good at it or else like I'm kind of hopeless. Like, that's, that's actually a really funny, a really funny way to phrase it. Um, by saying it's not hard, you just do it because I think the hardest thing for a lot of people is like, you know, Oh, Hey, I want to be better at music. Oh, Hey, I want to be more creative. Oh, Hey, I want to, you know, do X, Y, or Z, but then they don't do it. Yeah. And it's like, like they always ask like, oh, hey, you know, how can I become a professional photographer? How can I, you know, play concerts? It's like start performing, start taking pictures, like just go out and do things and then you yeah. get better. Right. And it's way easier, I think, for for athletes to understand that because, you know, you go to practice every day, you play games every week. It's like like there's a 
like a deadline that's set by somebody that's not you. Yeah. Artistic fields, it's like, oh, I've got a free day. I'll write like a page of a story instead of like, okay, I've got a free day. I've got eight hours. Let's see if I can write ten pages an hour. Should, you know. Should like, we make should we make creative coaches a thing? <laughs> like, honestly, you come like, to practice. <laughs> like, you like to... <laughs> I've I've kind of been thinking about it because like I mean right now for me my calendar is my coach right where it's like yeah. okay circle all my days off like I know every spare hour that I have and then I sit down and it's like all right you know of course you need breaks right I mm-hmm. think breaks are super healthy as well but you know if I've got five spare hours in a day I'm probably gonna take up four and a half of those with yeah. like all right I'm working on music I'm editing photos like you know obviously there's like business stuff that goes along with that um and then the occasional day you know you see a friend and it's like oh hey I haven't seen you in two weeks so we're gonna spend an hour and a half just catching up um yeah but yeah I mean like really like accountability I think is huge and that's something that's cool about sports is your coach is just naturally accountable for you you know (laughs) well and kind of going back to what you're talking about about like just doing things like that's the other thing that, that I really like about like my experience with archery so far and like my coaches that I've had is that they really encourage me to like if I don't think I'm ready just take the step and just like try it like when I was um, I was talking to one of my coaches about going to my first um, outdoor tournament national outdoor tournament and I was like I don't know I don't know if I'm good enough and he was like what's good enough and I was like well you know like I want to score like this amount of points or whatever and he's like okay well if you don't score that amount of points then like are you going to be worse off for going and I was like no you know so just like even if you don't think you're good enough even if you don't think you're ready or whatever like just go and like get the experience from it because it's going to make you better overall right it's like applying for jobs if you're like I don't think I'm qualified like I don't think I'm qualified like just apply anyway like maybe you get the job like what's the worst that could happen right and yeah like like what's the worst that could happen right like you hear so many success stories of people who are like oh this this athlete went undrafted and now they're in the hall of fame and yeah. it's like they they just didn't stop they kept doing you know yeah it's like <laughs> so okay well um so to get back into the creativity mindset um what is the biggest thing that you pull from archery that has influenced your creative ability? I think like as far as like writing. Yeah. Or just something that like, like, cause my, my view of, of creativity, I think is a bit atypical again. Like I don't like to box it into that, you know, an artistic medium, but like, like, is there something that archery does for you where it makes you start to see things in a different way or think outside the box? Or maybe it helps your writing. You know, maybe it's a process. Maybe it, like, there's something that's switched in your brain that you're like, oh, hey, I used to think of everything this way, and now I think of it this way. That's a bit more atypical. Yeah. Um. So I think the biggest thing for me, um, which I don't know how to really, like, quantify an end result of this, but... I think the biggest thing for me in doing archery has been like increased spatial awareness, which is like really kind of like difficult to explain and kind of abstract, but like just having something that's like, okay, this is a physical motion that I'm trying to do over and over and over. And like, you know, I, I like go out of my way to tell people I'm not coordinated throw a ball at my face and like 50% of the time I won't catch it. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's not really like what archery is about. Like people are like, Oh, you have to be coordinated. I'm like, yeah, but it's more about like 
where am I? What's my body doing? Like not in relation to anything else, just like me. And so having that kind of focus on like your own body and your own self and like what you're doing and where you're at and like how everything feels like that's the other thing is that like um, one of my coaches told me um, one time that he when he sets his feet on the line, he knows every single time exactly how far away they like how far apart his feet are. He knows exactly what it feels like when they're set right. And, you know, da 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 da. And I was sitting there and I was like, there's no way. I was like, you can't walk up to a line like 500 times. And every single, I know exactly that my feet are in the exact same spot that they were last time. Like, no, you can't. And just having done this for so long and so many times, like I'm, you know, I get to the point where I'm like, I know that my feet are in the exact same spot. Like I have that feeling of like, this is what this is supposed to feel like. And it feels good. And I can like repeat it, you know, and I can tell like that felt a little bit different and I know exactly what it is right away. Um, and so that's, I think one of the biggest things for me is just kind of that awareness. Um, but I also tangentially, um, to answer that question, I, I was thinking about kind of like the words that I would use to describe, like when I'm shooting and kind of what it feels like and what aspects I'm utilizing in my shot. And I started thinking about all these words and I was like, I've heard these words before. Where did I hear these words before? And I remembered my um, very basic introductory art class. If anyone's ever taken like kind of a basic like design class, there's specific elements of art that they throw out at you, like line, color, value, form, space. And then there's also principles of design. And the principles of design are like, I was like shocked because it's balance, emphasis, proportion, repetition, rhythm, pattern, white space, movement, variety, unity. And like half of those I could apply to archery, like balance, like that's the whole, like the part of your shot process where you're, you're at your anchor, you're drawn back your bow all the way and you're going to release your arrow. You have like, there's this whole push pull thing going on that everybody's like, you have to have equal sides of your body working together. So there's a balance there. There's unity because you want your whole body working as one, you know, I mean, it is one body, but like one, one motion. Um, you know, the rhythm of your, of your shot is really important. We talk about rhythm and timing all the time, making sure that everything kind of flows and that you have a pace to your shot. Um, you know, repetition, obviously. Um, so there was just a lot of those that I was like, those are super applicable to archery because those are things that we talk about all the time. Right. Yeah. I think it's really cool to, to like actually sit down and think about like how much creativity impacts our daily lives. Um, I've been watching these you were talking about rhythm. I've been watching these videos. Um, they're YouTube videos by Corridor Crew. They're like a VFX team in LA. Uh, they got famous for doing like VFX artist react where they kind of look at, you know, uh, VFX shots and in, in movies, like good and bad ones. And they kind of break it down. They started doing um, uh, like an action scenes one where they talk about like stuntmen react. And one of the biggest things that they talk about is rhythm in like action scenes which is not something that you would typically think of but like yeah. you know these guys are throwing a punch and it's like playing in rhythm it's almost like a dance and less yeah. like a fight and it's just so interesting to like kind of reframe the way that you think about something to be like oh wow like the creative process is fully in a fight scene and it feels like the least artistic part of a movie to a lot of people but yeah you know, there's something so like tangibly creative about that yeah well and that's that's kind of like you know the um, some of the ideas I was t talking about um, it, with the principles of design and with archery, like it applies to so many things. Like a, a big one is like yoga. 
like I, I started doing yoga once a week because we have a yoga club on campus and I'll go. Um, and like the first time I go, they're like, you know, reach your hand up this way. And I like look and my hand is not where I thought it was. Like just <laughs> knowing like where you are in space and being able to like kind of like control that I think is like really like a cool, cool thing to be able to do. But like, you know, it's something that people don't think about. Like people do yoga for like the mind aspect of like, you know, mental like centering and, and whatnot. But a lot of it also has to do with like body awareness and just kind of like developing those skills of like, you know, knowing what things feel like. I don't know. That's like such a cool concept to me. Right. Right. Well, and, and again, putting that into a creative process, like being comfortable with where you're at and being like very understanding of like, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Yeah. And the like, awareness and being cognizant of like, this is what's happening and Right. And, and even like, like failing in that and then being aware, like through failure, like, oh, hey, I thought I was going to be able to to draw this line way better than I did. So, you know, like, why, why wasn't I able to do that? How do I get better? You know, yeah. like, that awareness is, is huge. Yeah. All right. Well, we're getting close to out of time. So um, I've got one last question. And that is, if you've got one piece of advice for somebody to to be more creative in their life like what is what is something that you practice that you have that has made you more creative like if you're giving advice to me like what (laughs) oh boy (laughs) that's a that's a toughie um I think that the I think that the biggest piece for me is that um you know which we've talked about already Uh, a little bit especially at the beginning with like organization Um, I think it's not being afraid of having structure Um, I think that so many people look at like you know creativity and like artistic processes and they're like oh I have to be spontaneous because that's the only way to be creative and Mm -hmm. that is so far from the truth and I think that it's important to be okay with like planning things and allowing yourself to like organize things and have like a structure and like you know even if it's it, it seems a little bit like scientific method-y because it's like I have these steps, this is what I follow. But like that still allows you to kind of tap into the creative a- aspect and have those artistic um, artistic moments where you're trying to, you know, create something. It's still, even though it's like, you know, a process, it's still artistic. And that's something that, again, we talk about in a lot of my theater classes is like the art, art is like problem solving, right? Cause you have, right. Um, what did we talk about? We talked about, you have like analytical, critical, and then um, the third one is like more creative. And so like, you know, being able to break things apart and see what they are and then build them back together. Um, so, you know, not being afraid of structure, not being afraid of uh, having a process, having, even if it's like a step-by-step one, two, three, this is what I do every single time. Like, you know, very intentional, like, scientific method it's still okay because it's still going to give you the the product that you're looking for right and I I love how you brought in the scientific method I feel like I'm a broken record and this is like people are going to get sick of me by episode 10 because I'm talking (laughs) so much about like like literally everything you do is a creative process right Mm -hmm. and like like comparing and contrasting the scientific method to what your average like creative creative professional whatever that looks like um 
you know, like the process is more or less the same. You know, like the process breeds results just by virtue of you sitting down and doing the same thing over and over. Like you're going to be comfortable. You're going to be aware of what you're doing. And then you're going to like get results. It's just a matter of putting in the time. Right. Yeah. So, which is cool. Cause I feel like that's a culmination of everything that we just talked about. You know, yeah. Like <laughs> it all kind of fits together there in the end. All right. Any, any final words? Um, I don't have any, no. Thanks for having okay. me on your, pa- on your podcast. This yeah, of course. Where, where can, where can people find you on like socials? Um, like go ahead and throw um, your brand out there. Yeah. My, my Facebook is Kelly Jones Archery. Um, my, I, I post a lot of stuff about tournaments on there and then like some random training stuff. Um, I wrote a article summary that I was actually very proud of on there so I um, kind of analyzed some archery stuff if you're like an archery nerd you can check that out um, if you want a little bit more of my personal life you can find me on Instagram at osnapitzkelly um, and I you know post pictures of my dog and <laughs> archery things as well um, and then I also have a Twitter but that's for people who just want to listen to or read song lyrics every day so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what Twitter is for everybody okay. <laughs> True. all right well um, yeah this has been episode one of podcast the creative hopefully you found it interesting and enjoyable and uh, we'll see you next time